Welcome to Easy One Day Podcast's Coronavirus Logs. In this episode, let's be honest, I talked to Dr. Chisum Azodo on how private hospitals in Nigeria are preparing for this global pandemic. Welcome, Dr. Chisum Azado, or Chisum, like I would call you um, in this episode. We're very happy to have you here on Easy One Day Podcast. Chisum, I would introduce you, um, but I would let you introduce yourself. But before I, before I do that, I want everyone to know that Dr. Chisum Azado and myself go way back to, what, 2012, 2013, thereabouts. She's very mm-hmm. close to Easy One Day Podcast and... Yeah, she's an all-round creative doctor and she she's the epitome of marrying the arts with the sciences together. <laughs> so, yeah, so welcome Chisum to Easy One Day Podcast. We would like to know more about you, you know, for people who don't know about you. Thank you, Ijama. It's really a privilege to be here. I'm very happy. Um um so a little about me i'm a medical doctor currently in nigeria abuja nigeria i um graduated from the university of nigeria yes go lions and lionesses Mm -hmm. Um, yeah so i'm i'm very happy to be talking about this today um i'm a writer medical doctor makeup artist i have my own beauty business called zz cruise and i blog at chisomazudo.com you know about poetry um and i'm i made a transition from clinical medicine to public health um about a year ago i was i worked at a hospital and then i took a one-year um job at private sector health alliance of nigeria in lagos where i did you know a ton of public health projects in and out of lagos state um i'm currently um, a candidate for the MPH MBA dual degree program at Johns Hopkins University starting this July. So let's get started. <laughs> yeah, you're very welcome to the podcast, Dr. Chisom. I'm used to calling you Chisom, so we'll see how how long that. Chisom for this, you know. I know, I know. Right. <laughs> All right. So um, thank you for telling us about your very beautiful bio. Um. I'm very inspired by you as a friend, as a colleague, as a mentor, as a sister, you know. So I'm very happy that you agreed to come on this program, knowing how busy your regular schedule is. And um, can you tell us how your day is going? Okay, so my day has been good. Um, It's quiet over here in Abuja. Um, The lockdown was more serious on the first day. But it seems like as the days have passed by, more and more people have been more adventurous, driving more cars on the road and all of that. But generally, it's very quiet over here. Okay, can you tell us more about where you currently work and how your center is preparing you and your colleagues and, you know, generally what's, what changes are being made to prepare for this um, global pandemic? Okay, so I currently work at Shiva Specialist Hospital and Urology Center. It's in Wuse Zone 3 in Abuja. Um, Shiva 
it's a surgical center, mainly urology focused, alongside general surgery, um, ONG, and then we have some internal medicine specialties. We have over 15 specialties in Chiva. Some specialties are housed within the hospital, and some have visiting consultants who oversee those departments. Okay. Um, in Chiva, I work as the hospital manager, actually. I manage, um, and currently that where we have this global pandemic, I've been the one who has created like the protocols along with the head of internal medicine. Um, we've created the protocols for the response to um, coronavirus here, assuming we had a patient, what we're supposed to do, what questions we're supposed to ask, what we're supposed to do as per screening before the patient even gets into the hospital. And the MD has really been a, a superstar making sure that all the staff are protected so they actually feel safe coming to work every day and yeah. know that if any issues they would quickly be attended to and be provided for to the best of their um, hospital's ability okay so i just want to ask with regards to um preparation of healthcare workers and you mentioned that before even getting into the hospital you have taken steps to make sure that you can um identify and isolate cases Yes, we can do that. Okay. So, yeah, so the question the question I had is about PPEs, personal protective equipment. We've heard stories, we've seen so many things on social media. So um, how is Chiva Specialist Hospital and Urology Center specifically dealing with the um, PPE issue in Nigeria? How have you handled that? Okay, so first and foremost, let me just go a bit through the protocol that we have. Um, the head of internal medicine and myself sat down together to create a protocol to ensure that patients are properly screened. And right now in Nigeria, coronavirus is not the only issue we're dealing with. We also have to rule out Lassa fever because that's also a serious issue for us here. So um, like many other private hospitals in Abuja, we have a screening point outside where your temperature is checked. You have um, your travel history taken we have your signs and symptoms checked outside. So if you have dry cough, fever, tiredness, shortness of breath, um, body aches and pain, sore throat, nasal congestion, runny nose, diarrhea, those things are flagged up outside. And okay. the more symptoms you present with, you know, the higher it is that you're probably headed more towards the coronavirus um, pandemic. And especially when you have travel history or contact with a person who has travel history yeah so as the, as more cases are discovered within the country even apart from the, the the countries that were flagged up by the nigerian government now that we're beginning to have cases locally as those cases are being discovered by um, in different states in nigeria um we're flagging up those areas as well as high areas of suspicion okay um, and then we also have, you know, people also have to provide certain types of drug history if they've had antibiotics, antivirus, antipyretics that could mask certain symptoms that they ordinary that they had before those drugs were ingested. So all these all this information is flagged up at the screening point. Okay. And if a patient has, you know, like high risk based on the algorithm that we developed within the hospital, then they're kept in a holding center. We have a, um, a holding center in front of the hospital where, and then NCDC is flagged up. 
and NCDC does come and do a test, if you know they, a patient has cough, for example, and doesn't have any other symptoms, the patient is given a mask, you know, so that so that if cough is the only thing and we've ruled out that they're less likely to have coronavirus based on all the other questions, then they're given a mask and they can see the doctor that they came to see. Oh, that's and awesome. Treatment. Yeah, that's a that's a very, very holistic approach, you know, marrying the logistics with what you currently have in terms of infrastructure to handle this, to approach, I mean, to respond to this pandemic. So well done, Dr. Chisholm, our able hospital manager, for all the work you and your colleagues, especially the head of internal medicine at your center, have done to streamline this process and optimize it for the global pandemic that we're all facing. Okay, and also, um, because the coronavirus, you know, we need to protect ourselves, protect our staff with, I mean, there are issues worldwide with, you know, supply chain, logistics for PPEs, N95 masks, the regular surgical masks and all of that. So, however, our first case of coronavirus was announced on the 28th of February, Friday, the 28th of February was when, you know, there was all that talk. So a lot of private hospitals started to prepare at that point. The reason private hospitals took responsibility to start to prepare is that over 60% of Nigerian patients present at private care facilities to access care. So it, it made sense that if you know you had returnees or people who had been exposed to coronavirus one way or the other, and if they wanted to seek care at the hospital, you more likely have them presenting in private hospitals than actual um, than the government hospitals. So we took initiative to prepare. And this is an emergency. Nobody wants an emergency, but emergencies do happen. So unfortunately, we've had to pay much more, um, yeah. much than you know would typically be spent on these things. But we've gone. Um, out of our way to make sure that we've provided over 50 PPEs in Chiva Specialist Hospital. Um, we have we've provided N95 masks. We've provided um, emergency supplies for the regular surgical masks. We have gloves. We have all our we have all our protective equipment ready in case our staff do encounter a high-risk patient and need to attend to them. We have infrared thermometers around the hospital. So nobody has, nobody is using contact thermometers to, you may, let's say, take vital signs, see a patient, or no, no contact thermometers. Only infrared non-contact thermometers are currently being used. Just, and then there are automatic hand sanitizers all over the hospital. And we have um, disinfectant sprays that we spray, we use to clean the surfaces. And even at the, um, when staff have to sit at the screening point to screen every um, individual who's entering into the hospital compound, they have, um, you know, protective gear that they wear at that okay. point. Okay. Wow, that's a very holistic and robust response to this pandemic for a private hospital in Abuja. I'm quite impressed. I'm very, I'm blown away. I want to give a huge shout out to you as the hospital manager for coming up with this. And also your colleague, you mentioned the um, head of internal medicine at your center and most especially your superiors, the medical director, the managing director, and, you know, those in charge of providing 
these facilities because a lot of healthcare workers in Nigeria don't feel safe going into work. And you mentioned not just because of the coronavirus pandemic, um, Lassa fever is endemic in Nigeria at the moment. And we even heard of, we've heard of a case where a healthcare worker in Nigeria died recently. So I'm sure most doctors listening to this would want to work at your center because they they they're you know you people ensure the safety and that's the reason why this podcast series exists in the first place because we want to highlight our heroic healthcare workers are going to work every day to face these unseen you know viruses that are plaguing the world so yeah dr azado i'm very proud of you on a personal note i'm very proud of you yeah you're welcome So um, can you give us a picture, can you paint, can you give us a timeline or paint a picture of when you first heard or when you first learned about this pandemic, you know, for instance, where were you, what were you doing, how did you find out and what was your initial response, like did you panic by, did you hoard toilet paper and things like that. (laughs) Okay, so I first heard about coronavirus towards the end of 2019. And at the time, it wasn't a pandemic. It just seemed like some faraway disease in China. And, you know, Chinese people had come again. First it was SARS, then MERS. But, like, it became a lot more serious than any other thing we had seen, we had experienced. And then it started to really spread and started to get, you know, lots of global concern. I mean, I was bothered. I was in you know, my whole Christmas season. So we just um, enjoyed Christmas. But like, as of January, when you watch the news, everyone is wearing masks, walking around. It, it was serious, right? And yeah. then it started to, and then WHO declared it a pandemic. So, you know, it's gone from something really far away in a country that, you know, you may never have been to before, to something that is with each and every one of us in our countries. What did you do to prepare when you first heard about it? Or, I mean, from, from the first case in Nigeria, you mentioned February 28th. Was it mm-hmm. Thursday or Friday? Friday. Yeah. So what, what was your first instinct when you found, okay, it's now within our borders? I mean, so my first instinct was like, it's, it, it's going across the world because people are traveling. So my first instinct was, yeah, the government needs to close the borders so that everyone who's coming into Nigeria is quarantined and screened immediately. That way we could get ahead of containing it. Yeah, a lot of Nigerians had that instinct to um, protect our country. We needed to stop flights from epicenters. And I know watching the news, watching the Nigerian news online, I noticed a trend of people saying the government needs to close the borders. There was even another trend of people saying our president needs to speak to us, you know, let's know what is happening. So um, after the first case of the Italian national that was discovered, what did you do on a personal note to prepare your own community, you know, within family and you know, did you have conversations about this with people you're close to? Um, so on a personal note, um, I come from a family of doctors, to be honest. So we had to, obviously, we talked about this on time and try to create awareness during um, within our circles. So in like church, in the house, amongst friends, we like talked about the pandemic. I'm like, okay, guys, this is really serious and everyone needs to take this seriously. 
we educated people about hand washing, hand sanitizers, and of course, because of the laws of demand and supply and the fact that some people may be opportunistic in situations, a lot of these things, especially hand sanitizers, became so expensive and people complained about that. But we, we made sure that we educated people that even hand washing was better for you than hand sanitizers. So you can buy a tablet of soap that is 15 naira and wash your hand and that's fine. So just, you know, talks about improved personal hygiene. We made sure we educated people about that. And for someone like, you know, my family, a family like mine that has, you know, aged parents around, like my grandfather is currently with us. Um, we had to take extra precautions to protect him. When you come back from the hospital or come back from any of your day's activities, you go and change your clothes and shower first before you come down to say hello to him so that in case you have like any yeah any contacts that you're not aware of you at least protect a vulnerable citizen by being responsible yeah that's very important because a lot of people don't even understand how being asymptomatic can um even increase the spread you know some people have been called super spreaders people who who went to um, church activities and were not aware that they were carriers and you know the contact tracing would lead back to the church for a lot of them so can you give us more information about this um this phenomenon of people being asymptomatic because for those people who don't really understand the the medical terminologies our jargon our lingo they would be um i'm sure they would be very happy to find out to learn more from a doctor and a public health person like yourself you know what does it mean when they say somebody is asymptomatic yeah. Um, so to be asymptomatic basically means to be without symptoms. So I had mentioned dry cough and um, sore throat and a couple of other symptoms earlier. A person who is asymptomatic has the SARS-CoV-2 virus in them. Yes. But because they don't have symptoms, they're not feeling sick. They're not manifesting the COVID-19 disease. Okay. And so people who are without symptoms can be talking to someone else and spreading the virus without even knowing. And the person who contracts the virus from them may now begin to manifest the disease. Okay. So this COVID-19, um, we know that, we know you've, you've told us how it presents, you know, the dry cough, other symptoms like tiredness, fatigue. You listed them off in the beginning when you said, your screening protocol for your hospital just break it down for us who is at risk basically everyone is at risk of having coronavirus of having covid19 however there are people who are more at risk than others Mm. um they're called vulnerable groups people who have immunosuppression and i'll give you some examples um one people who are who have underlying diseases like diabetes, hypertension, asthma, um, heart conditions, people who have cancers, people who are on chemotherapy, um, people who have sickle cell anemia. Mm. Um, um, So everyone can get coronavirus disease, um, the COVID-19 that we've been talking about, but there are people who are more vulnerable than others others to getting the disease. And um, there are people who have like weaker immune systems, um, people who have HIV, 
and AIDS um, are very vulnerable as well. And you have um, elderly people whose immune systems are weakening because of the process of aging. And also very small children whose immune systems haven't become completely built up. Okay. Now, I have read a few papers, but for now I can't, you know, speak to how coronavirus affects pregnant women completely. But I would advise that, uh, you know, we also look to keep them safe because it can go one way or the other. Most importantly, um, the reason I asked was because you mentioned the steps that you, your, your immediate family and your community has taken to protect your immediate family member, you know, being that your grandpa is with you. So I pray that as this coronavirus pandemic goes on, as we're hearing all sorts of things from all over the world, people are losing their loved ones, losing their lives. Like I pray that the, the, the quickness that we need god is going to give to us so that we can bring it yeah yeah so that we can put a stop to the spread of this in nigeria and we can contain it because we have you know a lot of loved ones i remember on mother's day i was talking to my cousin and she said to me that um my grandma um called her mother's day was a sunday and i think lagos was already on lockdown some people were already practicing the lockdown in their own homes so she spoke to my grandma who lives in worry and my grandmother told her i hope you did not go to church and this is a woman who does not miss church you know so <laughs> yeah so grandma said i hope you didn't go to church or corona or you know take care so social distancing um, let's talk about that. What do you think about social distancing? To be honest, based on regular human interaction and how human beings are generally drawn to each other, social distancing is probably the hardest thing you can require of a human being. But in our current situation, it is one of the most necessary things. Yeah. Um, you need to keep um you know at least six feet away from someone who's coughing and like no unnecessary hangouts no unnecessary gatherings no unnecessary human contact in nigeria for example people are very um families are very close-knit people friends are very close to each other so typically when people see nigeria they hug they peck each other they gist um part of the gestures of you know, talking to someone are like a pat on the back, a tap on their shoulder. And right now, nobody can, you know, really do that because it's, it's high risk. So it's very challenging, but definitely very necessary. Okay, so for anyone listening, what would you tell them, you know, to improve their, apart from personal hygiene and um, overall social distancing, being maintaining six feet you mentioned six feet um, distance between themselves and anyone around them. What else would you tell them? You know, when it comes to, for instance, you mentioned um, at your hospital, you could screen and see that this person has only cough. Okay. So can you give us a bit about respiratory hygiene, you know, for those people who don't have COVID, but have cough? Um, right now, cough is co- COVID till proven otherwise. <laughs> That's a joke. To be honest, um, respiratory hygiene, please. If you want to cough, cough into your elbow 
or cough into um, a piece of tissue that is disposable and throw it into a bin that has a cover so that you don't have you know aerosols released and there waiting to infect someone who's unsuspecting if you're if you have a cough please 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 wear a mask it's to protect yourself and to protect other people it's very very important to protect everyone else as well um no indiscriminate spitting when you're like talking to people be careful if you have to speak to someone um don't talk too loud or um laugh too hard or yell because those forceful um ways that we talk or laugh or communicate are part of the things that release um you know the droplets into the air and the more forceful the more forceful your conversation is or your laughter is the farther away like the farther the distance the um, the droplets can cover so it means that you can infect people who are standing farther away from you by laughing harder so let's you know also be careful protect other people let's be responsible dr azudo you're asking nigerians who are generally very expressive people i mean our our indigenous languages require us sometimes to make some sounds that require a lot of gusto and diaphragmatic contractions if you know if you know what i mean so but um yeah i i think i'm with you when when you say that asking requiring social distancing from a human being is one of the most difficult things you can do can we talk about the spread of the virus and the reason i want to talk about the spread of the virus you know you mentioned about aerosols and um, droplets and how it's how it can travel further the louder you speak but um just a segue there's a project i worked on called more viral than the virus and um, we premiered the second viral campaign today we made a video where we got 100 people from 100 different countries in the world to say stay at home in their native their national language so you can go to more viral than the virus.com to watch the video and um i'm very proud that i was on the um international i was one of the international liaisons to get volunteers from the african continent and also from the caribbean um that is awesome congratulations thank you very much um dr azado so yeah speaking of how um this thing can spread and now we know that if you're standing one foot away from someone it's not enough two feet not enough we need to give somebody six whole feet distance you know so what what do we have on ground i've talked i've talked to other people on this podcast and in my previous episode with chidindu we talked about um, public health laboratories that are in nigeria and how the ncdc the nigeria center for diseases control is working hard to set up more testing centers in the country so um just to update that episode for people who listened can you tell us the laboratories that we currently have in nigeria i have to commend you know the ncdc they've really been you know on top of this giving us information and that constant flow of information is able to even you know, doubts, our fears, and provide us with the right amount of information. So I must commend them. Okay, so there are currently seven labs 
in Nigeria, um, two in Lagos, um, at the Lagos University Teaching Hospital and at the Nigerian Institute for Medical Research, one in Eboin State at the Federal Teaching Hospital at Bakiliki, one in Edo State at Ira Specialist Teaching Hospital, one um, in Gadua here in Abuja, that is the NCDC National Ref Reference um, Lab. There is one in University College Hospital Ibadan, and one at the African Center for Excellence, um, African Center of Excellence for Genomics of Infectious Diseases in Oshun State. So that we have, we our capacity for testing has been upgraded to seven from the yes. previous episode we had four we said there were four but now there are seven so we're happy about that we're happy about the in increased testing capabilities of the ncdc um this has been a very positive episode um but i want to talk about something else that happened recently chisom um on twitter i saw that you advocated very strongly for the house officers of asukoro general hospital and um, I read through your thread, and that was even one of the reasons, one of the things that prompted me to contact you for this episode. Being a voice for healthcare workers is very, very near and dear to my heart. Can you give us the gist of what happened, how it happened, and then how you found yourself on a morning in April, or was it March, you know, writing those tweets online and calling out all the you know, constituted authority available via their official Twitter handles on Twitter. Okay, so um, thank you for bringing this up. I think something that we need to learn as a country is sensitivity. Um, there have been different things that have happened during this whole um, period of coronavirus. Um, reps getting new cars in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, um, people getting shot in the name of a lockdown, um, you know, people getting quick notices to evict the houses that they, they, um, they're in. So how this came about, I did a little research and I understand that um, Asukoro District Hospital was trying to take on isolation responsibilities for COVID-19 cases. Um, this was on April 1st. So the house officers and the interns who resided at the staff quarters at Asukoro District Hospital or Asukoro General Hospital, whichever you choose to call it, woke up to a notice that you know they needed to vacate the quarters immediately because they needed to use it for um, they needed to provide accommodation for people with infectious, you know, with this coronavirus and the staff who were going to be managing them and taking care of them. Now, it didn't make sense to me that people were asked to vacate a premises in less than 24 hours and weren't, pro weren't provided with an alternative. Now, I just think we need to learn to be more sensitive as a country um, we have six isolation. At the time, there were only 35 cases in Abuja. 35 is a big number, but 35 infectious disease patients can be managed in one facility as yeah. long as there are more than 35 beds. So there's no reason why um, we needed so many. We needed this. This wasn't urgent. 
So I had many, many, many issues with this deal. First of all, it was the most insensitive thing to have done to staff in a hospital. Imagine people who had worked all night and were coming to get some rest in the morning only to find out that they were homeless. And then people who are in charge of human resources or admin sat together and decided that this was the best way to approach this matter and got approval to even do something as, as ridiculous as that. So that was insensitivity, number one. Number two, um, the general hospitals in Abuja have a unique system where no one general hospital has all the specialties that a patient will need. For example, I worked in Wuse General Hospital, and when I worked in Wuse General Hospital in 2017 and 2018, we had, um, in the internal medicine department, we had um, nephrology and we had dermatology and then some cardiology as well. And for the surgery department, there was, there was plastic surgery, orthopedic surgery, urology, and general surgery. And then we had departments for pediatrics and obstetrics and gynecology. But then a hospital like Asokoro General Hospital has a neurologist who attends to, you know, nerve issues, brain issues that are medicine, that are, you know, medical things that a physician can treat. So the neurologist resides in, the neurology department is domiciled in Asokoro General Hospital, and so is the neurosurgery department. So now that there are mangoes everywhere in Nigeria and everybody wants to climb up a tree and pluck a mango, if somebody has a fall from height and has a head injury because of that fall from height, they need to see a neurosurgeon, right? Yeah. That neurosurgeon is in Asokoro General Hospital. And for most people in Nigeria, access to care and you know health insurance for even accessing the available care is a very those two things are very serious issues many patients can't afford their care so why take away the general hospital systems that cater to more of the regular people in nigeria the the masses so to speak and convert that to an isolation center under duress also rendering your staff homeless when you can leave the isolation to all the other six facilities, considering the fact that we have only 35 patients, it made no sense to me, especially because of this unique structure that the general hospitals have. I honestly don't recommend, as long as we don't get to a point where Nigeria is overwhelmed or where Abuja is overwhelmed with these COVID-19 cases, I don't see why a general hospital should be converted into an isolation center when some general hospitals provide services that, that other general hospitals don't provide and the referral system within each of these general hospitals from one to another is very simple. Wow, that was a lot to take in. And from what I understand, the hospital secretary wrote another secular saying that they had called back the initial secular asking house officers to vacate their premises. Well, um, I'm not in Nigeria at the moment. I'm actually on lockdown in a different country. So, oh, and, and I've been to Asokoro General Hospital. I've been to Meitama General Hospital. I've been to Gariki. And uh, I don't remember if I, no, I don't think I've been to Wuse um, Hospital in Abuja. But what I know is the people who go into these hospitals are people who cannot right you know like you rightfully said cannot afford to go into a private hospital and um 
I don't understand why the hospitals will not prioritize the needs of their own staff, especially house officers who are at the at the bottom of the totem pole um, in the hierarchy of doctors. So um, I want to commend you for being a voice for junior doctors. So to be honest, I did see the circular that was that you know that recalled the decision. But the point is that that decision shouldn't have been made in the first place. It was completely insensitive and completely unnecessary. And, you know, when it comes down to it, these are people's children. Forget that. Yes, everybody has grown up and everyone is a doctor. Everybody is a nurse. Everybody is a um, physiotherapist, radiographer, med lab scientist. Yes, we're all trying to grow in our careers. But these are human beings with real feelings. There's no way... It is, it is poor timing, first of all. It is insensitive and then extremely poor timing that in the middle of a global crisis, when everyone is trying to you know, create all kinds of incentives to keep their health workers working, be a secular like that is passed, authorized, and actually implemented. It's just a horrible thing. Yeah, so I will talk about being a voice and also encouraging people to unionize they have ARD they have other um, unions or other groups that represent the interests of doctors at different levels in Nigeria and also elsewhere in the world so um, right now in the in the news we're seeing where um, healthcare workers in big countries have come out to say that their administrators are trying to muzzle them for speaking out on things like PPEs and breaks and things like such as. So um, I want to also say for Nigerian healthcare workers, be you a midwife, a nurse, a physiotherapist, a medical laboratory scientist, a junior doctor, or even a senior doctor or a public health um, specialist, use you have to make use of your unions. I'm, I know we have ARD and you know these unions can um, start things like strike actions when their needs are not being met but i also want to say that young doctors junior doctors should unionize and speak up for themselves and you know be represented in rooms where decisions about them are being made for instance i cannot imagine why such a decision was taken in asukoro district hospital without the presence of the person representing all the house officers In conclusion, I want you, Dr. Chisholm, to reiterate all the safety measures that each and every one of us should be taking right now in light, in the face of this um, global pandemic, you know, with social distancing. Thank you, you, Ijama. I think the most important thing we can do for our friends, our families, our loved ones, and for ourselves right now is to stay at home. It's very hard, but there's so much to do when you're at home. You can, you know, interact with your loved ones at home, play games. Um, If there's a course that you wanted to do, this is the time. Study your Bible. God wants to speak to you. God wants to talk to us about what's going on. But like, you need to be at home doing something productive. If there's a course you wanted to do and you haven't had time for the book you wanted to write, the research you wanted to do, something. And also be thinking, because the government doesn't have all the ideas. Ordinary people like me and you 
can have very brilliant ideas that the government could benefit from. So put all your ideas and all your thoughts on paper so that we can all contribute to stopping this pandemic and to, you know, road to recovery for all of us as a nation and as a world. Wash your hands, practice proper um, respiratory hygiene. We talked about it before, cough etiquette. Um, if you're coughing, wear a face mask. Don't talk too loud. Um, don't touch your face. It's so difficult. The average human being touches their face more than 10 times a day. So it's difficult not to touch your face, but we have to learn new habits if we need to make this go away. All right, and don't be afraid. If you're afraid, talk to someone who is not afraid. Don't go researching all the facts about coronavirus 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Those things feel fear. So please, if you're afraid, talk to someone, talk to your friend, reach a doctor, just talk to someone so that you can unburden because this also has you know, effects and um, implications for people's mental health and wellness. So please talk to somebody, keep video calls, Keep your friends near you virtually. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for having me on this. Oh yeah. Thank you so much for coming. Um, I want you to um if you have any message for your colleagues out there in the fight, both in Nigeria and abroad, you know, I want this is your time to talk to your people, all healthcare workers. So all my healthcare workers, all I have to say is Isaiah 43, verse 1. And two, um, but now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by my name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. This is a scripture that has kept me brave throughout this period. I hope and pray for you that you stay strong you stay courageous and you stay fighting we love you and we're very proud of you yeah we love you too dr chisom because you're also a healthcare worker you're also on the front line in abuja <laughs> yes thank you very much for coming and we hope you come back soon thank you ijima for having me this was really 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 refreshing thank you so much you're welcome Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.